This diary belongs to Nikki J. Maxwell. Private and confidential. If found, please return to me for reward. No snooping allowed. Rachel Renee Russell presents the Dork Diaries Podcast. Brought to you by Simon & Schuster Audio. Episode 6. Wednesday, September 18th. Okay, I'll try this again. After I saw that camera in my face, I knew exactly what was going to appear on the front page of the next issue of our school newspaper. Me. It was very obvious to me that some way, somehow, Mackenzie had completely charmed Brandon with her awesome beautyliciousness and lured him over to the dark side and then brainwashed him. How could my crush, the secret love of my life, do such a horrible and wicked thing to me? I felt like I had been stabbed in the heart with my favorite lucky purple ink pen, the hot pink sparkly one with feathers, beads, and sequins on the end, by my beloved Brandon, and left to die on the floor of the cafeteria with everyone watching and laughing. Then the most bizarre thing happened. Brandon kind of smiled at me, slid his camera out of the way, grabbed my hand, and pulled me up off the floor. Are you okay? I tried to say yes, but my voice just made a gurgling sound like I was strangling or something. I swallowed and took a deep breath. Sure, I'm fine. I had spaghetti for dinner yesterday, but it wasn't nearly this slippery. I cringed. I couldn't believe I just said that. I am such an idiot. (laughs) Then I watched spellbound as Brandon handed me a napkin in what seemed like slow motion. I almost died right there on the spot when our fingers accidentally touched ever so slightly like a gentle but wild squirrel slurping sweet nectar from one of those dainty purpley flowers in my mother's garden that my dad accidentally sprayed with weed killer. Our eyes locked and for a split second It was as if we were gazing into the deep, misty cavern of each other's wounded souls. I will forever remember the words he whispered into my trembling ear. Um, I think you have something on your face? I blushed, and my knees started feeling all wobbly. Probably my lunch. Yeah, probably. Unfortunately, our very serious emo convo, which means emotional conversation, was rudely interrupted by Mr. Snodgrass, our lunchroom monitor. But everyone calls him Mr. Snot in a not-so-nice word. He started cleaning up the mess on the floor and lecturing me about my responsibility as a young adult to keep my food on my tray at all times. Brandon rolled his eyes at Mr. Snodgrass in a very chivalrous manner, And then he kind of smiled at me again. I guess I'll see you in biology. Yeah, okay. And thanks. You know, 
for the napkin. Hey, no prob. Actually, we have napkins just like this at home. <laughs> My mom got them at the store. Oh, that's um, cool. Well, later. Sure. See you in bio. Then Brandon picked up his backpack and left the cafeteria. I just clutched the napkin over my heart and sighed. In spite of everything that had just happened, I suddenly felt very happy and tingly all over. But that feeling lasted only about 10 seconds because that's how long it took for Mackenzie to completely ruin the moment. Nikki, don't get your hopes up. Brandon would never like a freak like you. I just stared at her. I could not believe that girl was talking trash like that right to my face. Then Mackenzie blurted, You are such a dork. OMG. Look at her. I think she peed her pants. <laughs> and then Jessica said, OMG, you're right. She did pee her pants. <laughs> Both of them pointed and laughed at me while the entire cafeteria watched. I was about to have another meltdown. So I ran out of the cafeteria and went straight to the girls' bathroom. There were three girls in there at the mirror, trying out one another's lip gloss flavors. They completely froze and gawked at me in shock with their mouths dangling open. It was like they had never seen anyone covered from head to toe in spaghetti and cherry jubilee before. Some people are so rude. I kind of staggered back into the hallway like a zombie, but instead of leaving a trail of slimy rotted flesh, I left a trail of spaghetti sauce and cherry jubilee. It was a disgusting, embarrassing mess. I wanted to go hide inside my locker and stay there until the school year was over. Why does it seem like almost everyone at this school hates me? Thursday, September 19th. I can't believe I'm still writing about what Mackenzie did to me in the cafeteria on Tuesday. That girl is such a drama queen. Guess I must be traumatized or something. Anyway, I was seriously thinking about calling my mom and going home for the rest of the day. That's when I noticed the janitor's utility closet near the drinking fountain. I tried the door and was relieved when it actually opened. I checked over my shoulder to make sure no one was watching me. Then I stuck inside, alone at last, with a mildewy mop. I closed my eyes and sighed, Deeply. OMG, I just felt awful. I burst into tears and started writing in my diary. Pretty soon, I heard some vaguely familiar voices whispering and snickering outside the door. I just knew Mackenzie and her crew were looking for me to harass me some more about peeing my pants. Are you sure she's in there? I think so. The spaghetti leads right up to this door and stops. You're right. Look at these cherry jubilee footprints. She has to be hiding in there. I was like, just great. At that moment, I would have given anything to just disappear into thin air. <coughs> then they actually had the nerve to knock on my door. Well, not exactly my door, but the door to the janitor's closet. 
I felt like the victim in one of those horror movies where the girl is home alone and hears a knock at the front door. And when she goes to open the door, everyone in the audience is yelling, Don't open it! Don't open it! But she opens the door anyway because she doesn't know she's in a horror movie. Sorry, but I wasn't that stupid. I knew I was trapped in a horror flick, so I didn't open the door to the janitor's closet. All of a sudden, it got really quiet, and I suspected it was a trick to make me think they had left. But I had a feeling in my gut they were still out there. Nikki, are you okay? We just heard what happened. Yeah, we wanted to make sure you were all right. (laughs) That's when I finally recognized the voices. It was Chloe and Zoe. Zoe said, Girl, don't make me bust this door down because you know I will do it. That kind of made me laugh because Zoe has trouble opening her locker and sometimes even her bottled water. I was like, yeah, right. Then Chloe said, if you're not going to come out and talk to us, we're coming in. The next thing I knew, Chloe and Zoe were poking their heads inside the janitor's closet and acting all goofy. (laughs) Chloe was snorting and giving me jazz hands, and Zoe was sticking out her tongue and giving me the stink eye. They were like, What's up, up, girlfriend? For some reason, seeing them made me start crying all over again. Soon, the three of us were just chilling out in the janitor's closet, talking about all the drama with Mackenzie and Jessica. But I left out the part about Brandon on purpose, because I was still kind of embarrassed about it. Plus, I was pretty sure he'd pick Mackenzie over me any day. If I were a guy, I sure would. I was so not getting my hopes up about Brandon actually liking me. Pretty soon, the lunch period was almost over. Chloe and Zoe helped scrub most of the food stains off my clothes with paper towels and hand soap right at the big sink. There were still some stains we couldn't get off, though. I couldn't believe it when Zoe ran to her locker to get me her favorite lucky sweater to wear to cover them up. And Chloe said, Hey, If you apply an extra amount of my Candy Apple Swirl Ultra Shiny Lip Gloss along with my Midnight Blue Eyeliner, everyone, especially the guys, will notice your beautiful, luscious lips and dreamy eyes instead of the pea stain, uh, uh, I mean, milk stain on the front of your pants. Which, lucky for me, was not that noticeable since it had started to dry up. Anyway... In spite of how bad things were at lunch on Tuesday, Chloe and Zoe definitely made me feel a lot better. They're the best friends ever. I guess maybe I don't hate the school quite as much anymore. But I bet Brandon thinks I'm a total klutz. (laughs) Friday, September 20th. I was up and getting ready for school when I noticed I had a huge pimple right on my cheek. (coughs) I almost choked on my minty fresh tartar control extra brightening mouthwash strength cavity fighting gel toothpaste. Sorry. But now that my crush Brandon had finally noticed I was alive, There was no way I was going to school completely disfigured like that. 
And I was not looking forward to Mackenzie getting all up in my personal business by making nasty little comments disguised as invaluable advice. Like, OMG, Nikki, you have a huge zit on your cheek, but here's some invaluable advice. If you don't have any concealer, I suggest you try covering it up with your extra long nose hairs. Anyway, I knew my mom was not going to let me stay home from school unless I was spiking a temperature of at least 289 degrees. Which, BTW, is the same temp she uses to bake her Thanksgiving turkey. My mom's life motto is... Hey, why let a little case of gangrene or leprosy get in the way of achieving a good education? After trying every trick in the book, I finally figured out how to convince my mom I was too ill to go to school. I had to pretend to throw up all over myself. Ew! Now, how sick is that? I came up with this idea last spring after Brianna had the stomach flu. Mom took time off from work and let my little sister stay home from school for an entire week. On top of that, she totally pampered Brianna by buying her all of her favorite Disney movies and a new Princess Sugarplum computer game to keep her occupied while she was in bed. Aw, Brianna. You're my little Sugarplum. I think all that vomiting must have really gotten to Mom. About three weeks later, I stayed home from school with a bad case of strep throat and was hoping to at least get a couple of presents out of it. Here you go, Nikki. But all Mom bought me was a cruddy box of popsicles. And to make matters worse, they were the really gross, low-calorie kind with no sugar. They tasted like frozen pickle juice on a stick. I was like, delish. Thanks a million, Mom. But I have to admit, Brianna was a lot sicker than I was. She couldn't keep anything down, not even water. I refused to go anywhere near her unless I was suited up in full puke protection gear. Since I was pretty sure Mom was not going to consider my pimples serious enough to let me stay home from school, I decided to run downstairs and make a quick batch of foamy vomit. Lucky for me, I was the first one out of bed, which meant I had the kitchen completely to myself for about 15 minutes. Since things were going to get a little messy, I changed into my old heart PJs and rushed downstairs. My secret recipe was easy to make, and it looked and smelled like the real thing. Recipe for stay home from school, phony vomit. One cup of cooked oatmeal half a cup of sour cream, or buttermilk ranch dressing, or anything that smells like rancid sour milk. Two chopped cheese sticks, for chunkiness. One uncooked egg, for authentic slimy texture. One can of split pea soup, for putrid green color. Quarter cup of raisins, to increase grossosity. Mix ingredients and simmer over low heat for two minutes. Let mixture cool to warm vomit temperature. Use liberally as needed. Makes four to five cups. Warning, this stuff is so gross that it might really make you sick to your stomach and cause you to really throw up. 
in which case you will really need to stay home from school. I poured about two cups into a bowl, ran back upstairs to my room, and dumped it down the front of my heart PJs. Then I yelled down the hall in a really whiny voice, Mom! Please come quick. I don't feel so good. My stomach is really queasy, and I think I'm going to... That was the sound of me throwing up. Of course, it worked like a charm. Mom was totally convinced. She said, You probably have an upset stomach. You're not running a temperature, so you'll probably feel better after a day of bed rest. Thanks, Mom. I'm feeling a lot better already. Wink, wink. Then she cleaned up my mess, helped with my bubble bath, and tucked me back into bed with a kiss. I actually slept until noon. However, when I went into the kitchen to grab a bite for lunch, I suddenly realized I had completely forgotten to pour the leftovers of my phony vomit down the garbage disposal. Just great! I need to add one final important step to that recipe. Dispose of all the incriminating evidence! So when I saw that my mom had left a note for me on the counter right next to the now-empty pot of puke, I just knew she was onto me and I was in really big trouble. I totally panicked and my stomach started feeling queasy, but this time for real. Her note said, Dear Nikki, thank you for making breakfast for us even though you were not feeling well this morning. Your oatmeal was delicious and we all had seconds. You must cook this for us again soon. We are so very lucky to have such a kind and considerate daughter. Thanks again. Love, Mom. P.S. Hope you're feeling better. I spent the entire afternoon just lounging around, watching television, and raiding the fridge. I even ordered a pizza. I had three things to be very happy about. One, I spent the entire day chillaxing. Two, my pimple pretty much cleared up. Three, I didn't have to clean up any leftovers from my pot of puke because my family ate it. Squee! Hi, this is Nikki. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll come back soon for the next installment in the Dork Diaries Tales from a Not-So-Fabulous Life podcast. And don't forget, the entire Dork Diaries series is available right now, wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Read or listen to them today.